Super Talk Mississippi media production. Spring is in the air, and that means it's time to refresh your wardrobe with the season's hottest trends at the Black Sheep Boutique. Don't blend in this spring. Stand out with the Black Sheep Boutique with two locations to serve you in Tupelo or Saltillo or online at theblacksheepboutiquetupelo.com. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. This is Weekend Gardening, and it's hot. (laughs) That's all I have to say. It's been a nice day. No, now come on. It's worse the other places. There's there's always that tendency to compare ourselves favorably, for example, to Midland, Texas today would be where we don't want to be. Now, that being said, be careful. Water your plants early. Go back, take care, you know, stay in the shade, do whatever it is that you do to be sure that you're not subject to anything that could happen to you with, I don't know, what is it going to be, 100 today, Lance? I think so. And easily in central Mississippi, maybe more than that, other places. But with the heat index, which we never like to think about, um, I'm really glad they invented air conditioning. Let me put it to you that way. (laughs) Wow. I mean, you know, it's been so rough this week. And anybody that's been out gardening, uh, early morning, late afternoon. If you've been trying to do it in the late afternoon, you've been fighting storms and wind and mosquitoes. I, and mosquitoes. I know that I've had a, a few of my friends have said that uh, they kind of got lucky this year uh, where they planted things that the wind has not toyed with it quite as much. Yes. Because I've had that issue with things getting pushed around yes. uh, and had to you know kind of like talk nice and stand it back up and you know give it some love. But. Paul the poinsettia is very <laughs> upset with me. Yes. He's blown over. From Four times. Just keep picking it up. Wow. But, and, and so, you know, with all the rain, I guess the humidity is good for all the plants. But, man, the heat, I don't know if that's good for the people. It's not too good for the people. Now, the other thing, of course, is that really hot weather and the, the precipitating conditions around it when it does not precipitate, shall we say. It's just air. It's humidity. It's not rain in many cases. What happens, of course, to your plants is that they still dry out, but you may not realize it. So you need to help them. You've got to be watering container plants particularly. And if you if you have not seen rain in a week and the temperatures at night are above 70 degrees where you are, you need to water your shrubs. Give them a break. Well, and, it, you know, you're getting an excessive heat warning today for central Mississippi uh, in effect from 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. So the start of when basically on a Saturday when people get up, you know, <laughs> and then on uh, to, to 9 p.m. You know, so this exactly. is from 10 a.m. It is serious PM. stuff. We make fun because we're used to it to some extent. But this is an anomalous bit of heat. Yes. And uh, frankly, I'm just as glad that. Uh, it will be over soon. Well, yeah, we'll have a break. You know, <laughs> we'll start, get back to yeah, it. starting Monday, things are going to you know, tail off back down to the the low nineties. The low nineties, <laughs> and, and because of that, we're going to continue to talk about gardening. Take your questions. Try and figure out what we can do and what we should be doing. This is uh, someone sent me an email this week and said. Bet you really like your indoor plants this week, huh? <laughs> it's true. And there are some things, of course, that 
are really not necessarily destroyed, but are very stressed by being outdoors in relentless heat with relentless rain as well. And so there are some plants that just are happier indoors under those circumstances. I've got a few calatheas that are easily, really easily overwhelmed with water and a couple of aloes that are the same way because they're in containers that are smaller than the plants. So it's it's a matter of shifting things around. They were outdoors, now they're indoors. Of course, when you bring something else in, you have to take something else out because there's no space. Anyway, that's that's the, the trials of, of gardeners and, and book lovers, which is not, not a bad thing, not a bad thing at all. You want to get in touch? I hope you do. You might be traveling today. You might be riding down the road and you hear this voice and you say, who in the world is that? My name's Nellie Neal. I'm known as the Garden Mama, the person who will answer the phone when you really, truly do pick up the telephone and call, 888-808-8637, is the one and only Lance who will make sure that you get on the air. We're nice to Lance because he can turn the microphone off anytime. So just remember that about radio producers. If you want a power position, you might consider it. <laughs> we always like to talk about careers here. And if you're if you're a control freak, radio is a good one. <laughs> Think about that. You know, it is Independence Day coming up really quickly. I um I don't know exactly what to tell you. There's a lot of fireworks, there's a lot of animals that get get upset by fireworks. There are a lot of people that get upset by fireworks. They've already started in my neighborhood. Last night was the first night officially of the celebrations. <laughs> no, it's not legal, but it happens every year anyway. So um, I, I, I just want to tell you that if your animals are particularly sensitive and get very upset by the fireworks, by all means, Close the curtains, put on some loud music inside your house, and don't let them be scared or frightened by it. Stay with them and and keep them company. On the other hand, don't let your neighbors set the neighborhood on fire either. I'm just going to say that. I prefer professional, preferably out in a body of water, fireworks. (laughs) Love to see all that. But I'll admit, I'm I'm a veteran of bottle rocket wars, so I can't really judge people too severely. Fortunately, I survived mine. I hope you do, too. Yeah, I don't think they do that as much anymore, the old bottle rocket wars. People have gotten a little smarter. <laughs> yeah, we, that was like, the, you know, you had twice a year yeah. where you, you stocked up on the moon rocket or the black cat. All and of you that. hope you didn't get a bu- basket of duds. All of that. And uh, and, and you won. Yep, <laughs> all of that. There, there, are, there are many stories, and it has never been in a movie because, quite frankly, you can't do it but once. Mm. So it's, it's, it's something you can't do too many takes on. Don't do that. Here's your mother speaking to you. There's always a problem in fireworks season. Yes, isn't it? yes, too many. And when you read the statistics of the number of people whose eyes are put out literally and whose fingers are blown off and all that sort of stuff, you realize that this is a job for the professionals. And they will tell you that, too. So be careful, please. My neighborhood will be loud. I, they tell me that you can can uh, even really see responses in every kind of animal, even fish in an aquarium. I don't know. I don't know. I've never paid attention to that particularly, but I do know I have I have one dog that doesn't care at all, and one dog that is in a panic from the first pop. So there you have it. Anyway, this week has been Tomato Week. It has been hot. My tomatoes have been ripening up. I hope yours have, too. 
there have been an awful lot of opportunities this year for tomatoes to go wrong, everything from the wind blowing them over to some blights that we have seen, you know, to all sorts of other problems and whatnot. But the good news is that the the tomatoes are they're making their way, and we're appreciating them simply because it is pretty. Tomatoes that you made yourself, um, I'm going to shout out the the retired and yet wonderful Gary Groves. That's Gary Bachman, in case you haven't started following him in his, his retirement life. But I, <clears throat> because I know his wife, I will say to you that I have a feeling that she is more responsible for the art <laughs> in the posts because <laughs> she's a very artful person. But this was really pretty, and it was literally the little white currant tomato was in his caprese salad that they were they had online really beautiful chiffonaded basil and tiny, tiny mozzarella pearls. And, of course, the little currant tomatoes are the same size as the mozzarella pearls. So it was really a pretty little thing. I have just picked the first two of that same tomato at my house, and they go too fast. They're small and they're tasty and they're gone. So I need I need for them to grow some more and make more tomatoes. It will be too hot for a while for tomatoes to set. So... Look forward to keeping your plants healthy, and later on this summer they'll be able to make again. One question, and I've tried to dig around during the week to find out, and I haven't really gotten an answer from the internet. So I want to. Thank goodness. Yeah, I want. I was hoping <laughs> you would be the the right one. <clears throat> when you know, tomatoes obviously have different sizes, and they come in all shapes, sizes, and everything. But I have the Goliath that's growing, and that plant is about seven feet tall now. And <laughs> I mean, sure. I've really yeah. had a you know fun with that. And then I have the the better boys that I have upside down. Yeah, and and they're you know they're not getting as big, uh, but I don't think that. I'm serious, y'all. Paint this picture in your head. He really is growing the upside down tomato. Yeah, and so the the better boys aren't really fattening up as much, but uh, they're very smooth in texture, almost like a golf ball if you took the mm-hmm. dimples out. Mm-hmm. And then you go over to the Goliath, and it has such a a beautiful almost pumpkin texture to it, like you see in the heirloom style tomatoes. Right, right. Why does that happen in one? type of tomato versus the other or is because the the goliath ones look so textured and so pretty and so unique versus the better boys Mm -hmm. and i was just curious what what causes that or how do you know you're getting more of the breeding breeding right so they breed better better boy tomato was originally bred so that it could be put into a box and they would all fit in between their little individuals cups in there and be and be able to be shipped so they have to ripen all at the same time they have to have a skin that's thick enough but not too thick and they have to have that non-dimpled appearance that you're describing so they can fit into their little fit into a container and be shipped and that's really how they came the good news is that they also taste good and they grow easily in the south they're the most popular tomato plant in the south Sometimes I think that's because they're the most available tomato plant in the South. But, yes, Goliath is a little bit more robust looking. Um, it doesn't – we all think about the classic beefsteak tomato that, is, you know, is as big as a grapefruit and makes slices the size of a, a piece of bread, okay? We don't really grow those so well here, but Goliath can get us very, very close. <laughs> and some of the heirlooms will do that, but they'll only have a couple of big slices because they get narrow at top. But there's um, there's something about the Goliath tomato that not only tastes wonderful, but it has that quality of being able to be big enough with a little bit of interest to it 
but it doesn't ship very well. So that's another reason it's a home garden tomato. Well, it sure is pretty. I wanted to say mm-hmm. I've been very impressed with, uh, you know, I fertilized it a little bit early uh, when it seemed to kind of cap out mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And a few weeks ago. And it, I mean, it put on another three feet of growth and uh, flowers, limbs, you know, it's just really pretty. I've tried to manicure it as much as possible to keep it kind of evened up. And it, it continuously wants to level itself out, which mm-hmm. is fun to watch because I'll get six inches, three to six inches of growth on some of the under branches. What's the best way to continue producing tomatoes on the upper part of the well, plant? It is a problem because that part gets sunburned so mm-hmm. quickly. But the at this point in the year, the thing to do with tomatoes is to keep the, the tree itself, keep the plant itself, whether it's seven feet or eight feet tall like yours and is a tree or whether it's more like mine and kind of spindly and five feet tall but loaded up with tomatoes. It Part of that's the difference in the fertilizers that we use, but it's also true that yours will be more robust going through July. And I'm more likely to encounter blight because my plants are not as stocky. So what we're doing now, of course, is looking at keeping them alive and healthy and growing so that we can get back to the nights below 70 degrees when they can set fruit. So it's really a matter of just continuing to do the manicuring that you're talking about. And do you want to water them uh, as frequently when it gets hotter? Or is that going to yes. be a, you do? Because yeah, I didn't know if that would make. I actually had to go and put um, some a little bit more soil in the top of one of mine, and it's already washed away again because I've watered so much. I've watered twice a day all this week. Oh my goodness! John is up early today. What a handsome portrait. One of my favorite people. (laughs) That's wonderful. Thank you. Appreciate that. Let's see now. This is, um, we don't know, we don't know exactly who this is, but when preparing, we'll give them a name in a moment. When preparing a new large container, what is your preferred material for good drainage? Shards, cans, weed barriers, plastic bottles, or just soil? And yes, I'll go ahead and say it. Yay, Tigers. We, we, we appreciate that. We had a good week. Um, you know, this is a subject, this is a really interesting subject, and, when, and it is one that I have given thought to, and I've probably changed my answer over the years. For example, if you have, if your container is going to be in a protected spot, and it's mostly there for ornament, you're going to grow a plant in it that, say, has needs a foot root zone, but the plant is two feet deep, very ornamental and whatnot like that, I, I certainly will put in something in the bottom but it really depends on whether i am worried that it's going to fall over if i feel like the wind's going to knock it over i'm going to put something heavier in the bottom and yes it can be cans or plastic or any of that sort of stuff i tend to prefer to do maybe a soil that's a little bit less something i'll put more leaves in it or something just to help the drainage toward the bottom of the container but i'm also more likely to put another hole in the bottom of the container if i think it's not going to drain so I'm kind of torn, and it is a problem for everybody today because if you put in all that nice lightweight stuff and then you got six inches of soil in the top and that's all you need and the wind comes along, the whole thing blows over, it's just a mess. But but conversely, you don't need to put a plant that's only going to use six inches of root zone into a two-foot-deep pot. You know, that that's a waste of the soil, too. So I can understand both of those things. There used to be... Um, there used to be con- conventional wisdom was to put sand in the bottom because it was heavy and then the container wouldn't fall over and when the soil mixed with it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a problem. I think that's a lot of trouble. 
So I'm, I would rather see something that's physical, not going to like something like plastic, something like um, crumpled up newspapers just going to go ahead and decompose. If you wanted to do that, that's fine. But then the whole plant's going to sink. So my answer is there are a lot of choices with this. Mine is usually to get I, I'll, I have. Here's another thing I've done. I have put a container into the bottom of one of these big containers upside down, okay, put my container inside the other pot on the top and use it as a cloche because I didn't want to mix up more soil or I didn't happen to have more soil at the time or because I knew that eventually I was going to want to change what was in the container. So I have a beautiful Vietnamese pot that's huge. And from time to time, I, I've never planted anything in it because I, I just – I don't want to. I don't want anything to get strong enough to break it. So I'll put a pot in the container under a bottom part of it upside down, put something else on top of it, and then it looks as if it's growing in this big pot, but it's actually not. So that's just a few ways to consider that one. I'm so glad that you're, um, you had written before about aspidistras. I hope that you cut them all down. I drove by someone's house this week that obviously heeded our advice. They were beautiful. I've never seen that much fresh aspidistra growth cast iron plant. Y'all know, I, it, it, they all look so brown and so awful. And the the advice this winter after they froze was just cut them all down. And the ones that I saw this week make me feel like we should do that every three years, even if they don't look ratty. These were so pretty, bright green, everything you would want in that plant, but not old and ratty. And that that's really great. That's wonderful. Glad you got. I hope you did that. Let's see. Um, well, hello, hello, hello. Marshall and Terry is sending us pictures of volunteer tomatoes and peppers. How fun is that? <laughs> we'll take a look at those. Talk some more about vegetable gardening. Talk some more about flower gardening. Talk about your garden, my garden, the neighbor's garden, and, well, the octopus's garden. This is Weekend Gardening. Knowing they're happy and they're safe. Tell us what to do I like to be Under the sea In an octopus's garden With you In an octopus's garden With you In an octopus's garden With you We are advocacy a century of wins, protecting private property rights, advancing technology, sustaining our land, conserving our natural resources, all to pass on to the next generation. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. It's a big job keeping a whole planet fed. More American producers are turning to the fuel that gives them the power to do it. Propane. With lower costs, cleaner emissions, and greater reliability, propane can do more around your operation better than any other fuel. And with an abundant supply made right here in the U.S., you're helping America stay energy independent. We've got a world to feed, so let's get to work in a clean energy revolution. Energy for everyone. Propane. For more information, visit MSPropane.com. 
Still waiting in lines and fighting the big crowds in Starkville and Oxford? The College Corner, where it's our job to make your Saturdays great. We have significantly increased our inventory, so there's even more to choose from. Come by, and our staff will have you in and out and on your way. Want to score at your next tailgate or home gate party? Then look for us online at collegecornerstore.com or come see us at our Ridgeland store and in Flowood. The College Corner, where it's our job to make your Saturdays great. Attorney Joe Cordell. Business owners and professionals face special challenges in divorce court. In addition to everything else going on, they have to contend with allegations that they are earning more than they are, coupled with claims on their business or practice itself. Clients with assets depend on their divorce lawyer skills in these matters, and that's why it's so important to hire someone that has those skills. Online at CordellCordell.com. Office in Richland, Mississippi. Free background information available upon request. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events. But thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need. A professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. A toast to our new college grad who fills us with so much joy. Almost as much as when we're in our RV. Oh, the world is your oyster, kiddo. And ours, too. Now that we're covered with Progressive, Dad and I can hop in our RV anytime we want. Might even splurge on a retractable awning. Oh, look out. (laughs) Sorry, what was I talking about? Protect your loved one with an RV policy from Progressive. Take as little as four minutes to see what you could save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Wendy's is open till midnight or later, so you can give in to the craving and go night mode. Now all of your favorite menu items just got their bedtime extended. You can get what you want even later, like the Baconator with six strips of bacon or the Perfect Fries and Frosty Duo. If you're up later, then so are we. So go ahead and pull through the drive-thru. When the craving hits, go night mode at Wendy's. Open till midnight or later. All right, see ya later. At participating U.S. Wendy's, hours may vary. Under 35 and already losing your hair? Come on, guys. You know, looking 10 years older is not a plus for your career or your social life. But you have a choice that your dad didn't have. You can choose to keep your hair. I'm Dr. Michael Konoski at Mississippi Hair Restoration in Metro Jackson. Our new, affordable, non-surgical, in-office medical treatments stop loss and regrow your hair. The sooner you start, the less you have to lose. See our results at StopHairLossMS.com. hope for rock and roll flute players but you know there there's there's always going up the country which is a very good decision on their part that's one of those pieces that if you hear the first few bars you know what it is if you've ever ever heard it well people news oh my goodness the mediterranean diet is good for you and it's good for your wallet too because this the duh file wouldn't didn't we already know this wouldn't we have assumed that you know, olives are cheaper than filet mignon. Or, you know, if you're gonna, I don't know. But we have, uh, interestingly enough, for a household of two people, the Mediterranean diet 
taken at its very University of South Australia definition, which I always find funny. It actually saves, um, literally saves the family of four almost $1,500 a year. And it, it will take that family of two maybe $135 a week, which didn't used to sound like a lot of, used to sound like a lot of money for groceries. Doesn't anymore. Really good, really, really beautiful plants, Marshall. I just think this is great. You know, sometimes things volunteer in our compost heap and we <laughs> dig them out and we wish we didn't. But these are beautiful, aren't they? Oh, they are. And I, I see the um, the wash tub. So somebody's got beans uh, yep, that yep, they've yep. been uh, harvesting, too. Yep. And, but those are beautiful. And uh, he's got a seven-footer, it looks like, right um, he's, there in a he's small running, pot. He's giving a race for you with that one, that particular one. They're just beautiful. They're lovely. That's funny. I'm reading your previous text, Marshall. Can't help myself. But I can't read them out loud. I, I loved it. I can't yeah, read I, them out loud. <laughs> it was priceless. Doesn't, doesn't work here. Doesn't work. Really nice volunteers. Beautiful, beautiful night-blooming cereus, too, Mary. Thank you for sending that to us. Makes me jealous because mine's not blooming yet. I have two of them, and neither one of them has set a single bud yet. But they are still growing for some reason this year. is a, a big deal in that particular part of their world, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. Oh, I, I have a note for a Facebook person. I told you when they don't put in a picture, you know, in the Facebook group, I try and answer those questions here. Ramona did put in a picture, but it's a complicated picture. So I told her to listen today. Ramona, you need to send me an email. She's growing hydroponic lettuce and tomatoes in the same hydroponics with the same amount of light for each one. And it's they look lovely, but they're not doing much. So. Mama on air at yahoo.com. I've always been fascinated with the hydroponic stuff. I mean, again, we've talked about it's it. So here brilliant. There. It's brilliant. such a great way to go. It, it, I guess you would have to adjust a lot of things though, to get the same, you know, I guess uh, soils just so continuous. And then you're mm-hmm. dealing with mm-hmm. just water basically. Using an alternative so- source for that, where the, where the roots go makes a lot of difference the the fertilizer solution is entirely different because you got to put everything in and it's to me it's always hydroponic gardening is best done in a warehouse on a week like this where the air conditioning is working great inside i can see where that would be a large you know attraction for a farmer of any sort but it's also true that any kind of indoor space can host a, a small hydroponic setup and just once it gets going, it literally goes. All you have to do is, when you harvest it out, plant another plant. And it's, it makes a whole lot of sense for a small, workable, almost tabletop size herbs and, you know, salad, things like that in, in your house. We should invent that. Because there's not one that works as well as it could. Well, and that, that kind of leads me into, as as the months of the, the heat go away and we start wanting our lettuce and the, the, exactly. the cooler stuff. And, you know, being able to rotate and, and from outside to inside, but having just a smaller spot, say, in a garage where... And we go the other end, of course, where we would like the tomatoes to, to taste better. And now that we have really good greenhouse tomato varieties and stuff, that can be done in the wintertime. So all of these things can work together. It flies in the face of everything that we talk about when we talk about wanting to eat seasonally because hydroponics changes the seasons entirely. And that is something you have to consider if you are, however, in a 
one of the nicest restaurants I'll ever have been in had a hydroponic wall in back on the back side of the kitchen. They had a little bit of a, a kitchen garden, and they also had a hydroponic wall. And they serve salad all the time in an, in a part of the world that doesn't get that much sunlight. <laughs> so. How do you? Yeah. How, how long will you know a, a tomato plant last if if you don't have the changing of seasons and you do have a controlled environment? Will they continue producing? It's like, in, yeah, indefinitely, like, any, like anything else, till it till it plays out in an annual. Because an annual's whole point, of course, is to set seed for the next generation, and then it can die. And if you keep picking the tomatoes and don't allow it to make that change, you can keep things going doesn't work with corn don't start but with tomatoes and peppers it really will andy wants us to know about the yellow submarine we appreciate you andy that's true it is perfect it i is mean that's true. the way that's the way it's done and today would be a good day to <laughs> be in that yellow submarine yes oh jeff you're killing me i wasn't even hungry until this picture that's amazing. I, I mean, what a spread. What, what I mean, else can th- you say? This, this, this is BLT. He <laughs> wants to know Hellman's or Dukes. Okay, he doesn't want to know what I think about that part. But the 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 spread of the tomatoes ready for the sandwich and the bacon and all that stuff. He's he's lucky. I don't have a map. Well, that you know, he's he's hitting up all the mayonnaises he's too. Got which I'm a big fan. He's there are got people it all out there going. that don't like mayonnaise, but you know, when you look at this spread, you'd be you would be yeah, sold. You would be sold. This you is amazing. Be. Good work. I'm, I'm I I don't I I will get criticized whichever one I call for, so I will not say. But yes, either one of those for whoever likes them, that is good. Now, the only thing we need to go along with this tomato sandwich. BLT making display is to know whether he has white bread or farm wheat or what he's what he's doing here for the bread part. But on the side, you may want to know that Massachusetts General Hospital is letting us know that there there now is an explanation of why light to moderate alcohol consumption can be associated with a lower risk of heart disease. And what could be better than a BLT and, and a cold brew? Come on now, that's a nice way to go for folks who enjoy that. The Journal of the American College of Cardiology publishes these, which lets you know that this is not a bunch of junk science. As I try to do for you here, I just want to throw out information that is in the latest research. You can go look it up. You can start a conversation at your dinner table. You can argue with somebody, or you can just impress somebody, you know, whatever whatever it takes for, for your conversation to get going. We do always need more conversation. What they found, though, in that light to moderate quantities, which is something that also has to be defined, and it is in this, one drink per day for women and one to two per day for men, is associated with lower risk of cardiovascular disease, but they didn't know why. Was it introducing actual benefits or whether it was some other part of that complex of factors that associated with that that protected their heart. And the good news is that that they're happy to tell you, as am I, we are not advocating the use of alcohol, but we wanted to understand why it reduces the disease, as demonstrated by all these other studies. And so basically what they looked for is the mechanism that can do this. And it it's a, a very substantial change in how our bodies process things or actually the other point that they make is how we look at things so it's it's about the amygdala and the sympathetic nervous system of course is heightened when it's too active and that in turn can cause your heart rate to go up and can cause other situations like that to be part of the cardiovascular network and the alcohol apparently in their this first study because they'll always do another one 
what they worked on was to reduce how, the level that it reduces stress and why it does that. It does that through the amygdala. So it's interesting stuff. The brain changes um, do explain a significant portion of the cardiac protective effect. Now, why am I telling you this on a gardening show? Because it's part of your life and it's part of all of our life, but it's also because it's so interesting. And gardening is all about thinking about stuff. You have time to do things when you're in the garden that you didn't have time to do sitting at a desk or while the screens were all on all around you somewhere or even while, you know, your neighbor was talking in your ear. You you have time in the garden to consider these things. That itself is another method of lowering stress. You don't sit in the garden to do your, your manifest worry. Um, I, I've talked about my, my manifest worry. I, I drink coffee in the morning so that I have time to worry for a couple of minutes about everyone that I'm concerned about. It's the same as it's the same part of the day. You say your prayers, you do your meditations, you do your your stretches, your yogas, your whatever's to get started in the morning. But when you get out to the garden, you got to think about bigger things. What if this cauliflower was orange? You know, think things that are not related to the other parts of your life. That's what. That's what the therapeutic benefit of horticulture is all about. So I don't think you need alcohol to get there, but if it helps you to set the mood, I got no problems with it. No problems with it at all. Some more on the, uh, this is really fun stuff. I'm listening to you. This is great stuff. I'm picking blueberries. I'm so excited. East Yazoo County. It is winding down the season. There, there are brown spots on almost everybody's blueberry plant leaves. We have a little bit of a leaf spot disease. And it has manifested itself through the wet, through the wet, through the wet. My, I have the most tasteless blueberries I have ever grown in my life, and lots of them. The birds are getting them. I, I even threw some out for the squirrels out on the other side the, 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 the other day because I was so frustrated with it. But strangely enough, the possum haw grapes are bigger. I don't, I don't know how that – it's just crazy. I don't know how that happened. Um, the berries do taste sweeter now than a few weeks ago, Greg says. I'm glad. That's wonderful. Yeah, the brown leaves, I'm not worrying about them, but it does make me add blueberries to a list that I already have. When we when leaves fall off, for example, of a dogwood or a Japanese maple or anything that we would expect to lose some leaves on but not in the middle of the summer, and these are going to fall off, to some, some of them at least. When those fall, rake them out, get them out from under the plants. We don't need to start a nursery for any kind of bacterial organism, fungus, whatever might decide to take hold of that. And we also don't don't need that level of compost because you've already got that underneath the plant. So blow those leaves out from under there or rake them out, whichever works better. And put blueberries on your list for the wintertime to spray with a horticultural oil spray. That, in turn, will help also just to get them ready for next year and give them the opportunity if you if you if there are any organisms around they will it will be suppressed by an oil spray in the winter. People say, "How does that happen?" Because those things don't move as fast as you think they do. <laughs> That's why. That's how they move. But I'm glad to know that yours are a little sweeter, mine are not. <laughs> It's got that soil in East Yazoo. That's in such nice. a beautiful place. Beautiful. I love East Yazoo beautiful. County. 
Okay, now we got a, we have we have back we're back with Jeff. Um, whole grain and white. Well, I mean, you knew that was going to be the case. It had to be because he's got the, everything. The variety is, yeah. is so beautiful yeah. and perfectly done. Homemade, I love the homemade kitchen. pickles, too, by the way. The, I love the kitchen, too. You get some of the background in there, and yep. you see that this is a well-thought-out picture, too. It, <laughs> yeah, Jeff's, Jeff is trying to <laughs> engage today. He's doing a really good job of, of making me starve to death. So any, I may eat bacon this year. I don't know. I don't know. How do you, do you cook bacon? Do you are you the type? I don't of, anymore. You don't anymore. Yeah, I, I did for a long time, but in, in cast iron. That, right. That's I yeah. throw a little oil in and almost fry it. Just right. do it and mm-hmm. put, throw the throw them in the cold cast iron. Let the whole thing heat up together. No extra oil. And oh, I'll, really? So I, mm-hmm. I I played around at one time with pouring my peanut oil in the cast iron skillet, getting it really really hot, and then dropping the pieces in there and pulling them out. It's the fastest way to cook. I was going to say that's quick. Fry. It's so quick. Yeah, <laughs> it, it'll get hard on you fast. Though you got to be careful. So if you like it crunchy, it's a great way to try it. Oh, look how sweet! Oh my goodness, these are beautiful. Thank you for sending these pictures. That's just lovely, Marshall. You're fun. Let's see. I think he's right. He's going to build a greenhouse next so he can farm year-round. I like that. Really, really smart. There are – I would probably, if I'm going to start some seeds and then I'm also going to grow some things myself, if you feel like you can manage an 8 by 10 greenhouse, get one that's 10 by 12. Okay, just go to the next size up from what you feel comfortable with. If you feel like 4 by 8 is enough to start your seedlings, go to 8 by 10. I, everybody that I've ever known who built a greenhouse wished that they had a couple more feet. Okay, it's not that much more expensive to build or to run, but you have to make that decision at the beginning because otherwise you got walls you have to take down. So go ahead and give yourself a slightly larger space. I, I think you can do just about anything in, in ten by twelve. You can grow the seedlings that you want to grow. You can keep your house plants in there that you would ordinarily have out in containers in the summer that, you know, maybe you're not happy indoors, those kind of things. You, you can have alternative spaces. I don't know. Maybe you'll decide like me, you're going to grow a lemon tree and it's a little too cool where you are. If you have a greenhouse, you can put it in there in the winter and it never has to suffer. It, it can survive in my courtyard, but if I had a greenhouse, it would thrive. So there's a lot of that. I think that's real smart. Beautiful, beautiful. How neat is that? Lots of questions coming in today, and I appreciate that very much because you know what? We are really got the radios are on. I'm happy about that. The stream is running. We're going to talk more about this, that, and the other thing on weekend gardening. Turn your radio on, turn your radio on, turn your radio on. Some eternal morning we shall meet them over on the Hallelujah Show. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on, turn your radio on, turn your radio on, and listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on, turn your radio on, have the glory, share, glory, share. Turn the lights down low, turn the lights down low, and listen to the Master's radio. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Welcome to Doghouse Living. Our guest is Bob and his wife, Jenny, who started this craze. Well, you know, while digging, I hit a gas line and blew up our house. Well, Bob, I am just blown away. No pun intended, of course. Why wouldn't you just call 811? So, the takeaway, folks, to stay out of the doghouse, call 811 before you dig. 
Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. We are agriculture, the number one industry in Mississippi. We are 180,000 member families strong, a century of generations. We are grassroots Mississippi in all 82 counties. We are Unified, the largest general farm organization in Mississippi. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. The best made-to-order lunch is right around the corner at 4th and Gold Sports Cafe. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Builders. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code FREE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code FREE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code FREE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. I'm here to tell you that springtime is the best time to buy a new Exmark zero-turn mower. With unmatched quality of cut, ease of operation, and low maintenance, it's no wonder why Exmark is the number one choice of landscape professionals. Besides the starting at 42 inches and 0% financing available, we have an Exmark zero-turn for all size lawns. Come by my store and see why Frederick's has been leading the way and serving you for 30 years since 1993. We are not called to a life of peace on every side, but to a life of witness, a life of bearing crosses. For some, it will be one great sacrifice. For most of us, we'll give our lives away for others a little bit at a time. Tears, fire, and a song. This is who we are. Dr. Dean Natasdy, this week on The Lutheran Hour. Join us each Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Brought to you by Our Redeemer Lutheran Church, 1799 Clinton Raymond Road in Clinton. Don't you 
Don't you know it's a pity the days can't be like the nights in the summer, in the city, in the summer, in the city. I have a friend that uh, every night at 11 o'clock posts what the temperature is at his house south of New Orleans. <laughs> it's been ridiculous. I don't know if summertime in the city at night is any better this time around because it has been so hot. I went to Starkville last weekend to see my nephew in a tournament, and the uh, place looked beautiful, you know, and, and they've done such a great job uh, with Starkville, the campus, and it just looked mm-hmm, amazing. Mm-hmm. But it was the hottest place I had ever been <laughs> in my life. My mom and we all met up there over um, a couple of days, and, and she got there, and she's 75 and works, you know, as a realtor, busy every day. And I remember her... <laughs> her face when she got out of the car and she's like oh my lord she's i mean melting, this, yeah, yeah it, it was that hot yeah. i mean and so anybody that's been out in this stuff you you know please be careful whether you're 20 or 75 please it do. is please hot do. and uh i can tell you I, I sweat i don't know about you but i, I i'm will. very lucky i didn't for mm-hmm. many years and i do now i'm very happy about that you feel a whole lot better if you sweat than if you don't good grief well he's it, what a lucky nephew to have people come out in that weather there are a lot of people that would say we'll see you when you get back <laughs> we'll meet you at the pizza parlor <laughs> well he had a great weekend you know, and That's then you great. get to go play at a place like duty noble sure how beautiful and, 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 and again the landscaping yeah. and you know i i was able to take the time to walk around a bit and enjoy it because we weren't in a hurry and uh, I was very impressed at you know just all of the things that Starkville has done in the you know, the homes. Mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. Really, it's a, a lovely town. town. So lovely you guys town. are doing a great job up there. Really lovely town. I I was um, very impressed the time that I went, and there were literally four truckloads of. I'm pretty sure it was knockout roses all being planted at the same time around a new dorm. This was a number of years ago, and I remember thinking that was such a forward looking plant to put there because it. Beautiful all the time, welcomes everybody, and you take the whole, you take the campus and just kind of expand it out through the whole community. Everywhere you go, it's lovely. It's really nice. Thanks to my friends, you know who you are that are there. You want to know about native plants? Ask me. I'll tell you who to talk to. <laughs> oh, fun! I love that. We, I, I asked what the name of the rabbit was, and uh, <laughs> the rabbit's name is Jeff. <laughs> I like a pet that I like, has a normal name. I like a pet that name. has a name, yeah. yes. Now, of course, they also have other names that are not so average, but I like that. I, I like Jeff. That's, this is, all the lizards at my house are named Larry, and there's no reason for that except that it's that's the way it is. They have multiplied. They don't care about the heat. I got so many lizards right now, I could make the earrings, you know, that people used to do with that. I could do all of that. Not going to be me, but somebody else will do that. Listen, talking about those blueberries, and this is very, very important. When we prune after the fruiting, you also want to get all that material out from under the plants because you are looking at some leaf spot. We're looking, we're all looking at some troubled blueberries and, and everything else. Another good question came about, um, Cole said his, his aunt in Madison has, in, in Sharon, I'm sorry, has gotten very, very few blueberries this year. He was wondering if it was about the freeze or if blueberries have something in their nature that causes them to do that. They do not. Our, our limiting factor in blueberries is pollination. And if it was too cold, if the, if the flowers froze before they could pollinate, or if they literally got knocked off the plant with rain before they could pollinate, it explains why we don't get blueberries in any given, any particular year. All other things being normal. 
you know the leaves look good the, there's there's there the if you fertilize you've done that or you if you don't fertilize you haven't you know you haven't changed anything about what you've done the real issue becomes the temperature at pollination time and we can't control that sadly another good question from mike i like this question mike and you're not gonna like my answer mike has some seven month old material from a wood chipper from a tree service by the way a very cool thing to have a pile of in your backyard just if you ever get the chance then there's a lot of chances lately because there's a lot of trees down the question is about when to use it can i use it even though it's not fully composted can i use it as a mulch if i put some more nitrogen on it the answer is no and the reason is because it's going to preferentially take the nitrogen from the soil that's underneath it and that would be the nitrogen that's supposed to be feeding the plants that you have there but it's also because adding nitrogen to the mulch is what you can do in the pile to make it go faster but it isn't going to make it go faster necessarily in the bed. All it's going to do is give an overdose of nitrogen to your plants. So I don't want you to do that. And I know you don't like the answer, and I'm sorry, but that's that's why you call. That's why you send me a text, because you know I'll tell you the truth. Let it go till the, till the winter, and then I bet you it's going to be fine by then. But if it's not going fast enough for you, turn that pile, put in some organic nitrogen fertilizer, and it will go much, much quicker. That is for true. And, yes, I did say organic. I know you might not use organic fertilizer, but I want you to, so I'll talk about that. One of the other plants that needs to be pruned at my house and yours, too, are gardenias. Some of the gardenias rebounded and did beautifully. My gardenia rebounded a little. (laughs) It looks really sad. Had one flower on it when it would have had 40, you know, so that it's time to prune them. And that's the reason we're going to prune them now, of course, is the same reason we prune them after blooming every year is so we can stimulate more growth inside the canopy of that plant. We did lose a lot of leaves on a lot of shrubs. And if it is something that can be pruned again, if it's an evergreen, for example, and you, you're looking at a little fringe of leaves on top and nothing in the middle, this is a good time to go ahead and do that other pruning. July never is a bad time if you're trying to promote new growth to prune those evergreens again. You won't prune them as heavily as you might in the winter, but you'll do a little bit of pruning and stimulate them with some fertilizer and try and get some more leaves inside that canopy. It can be very... It can be slow and tricky to do, but July is a good time to get that effort going. I had an azalea that had um, been cut way back years ago, and it seemed to be dead. But after much <laughs> love and and uh, getting you know, the, you're, you're not dead, are you? Yeah, exactly. And, and it just started to come back, and and it's put on a lot of new growth in the last few months. But it's a little lopsided. It's you know, arm growing here and an mm-hmm. arm growing there. But the centerpiece and the, the greater borg of the plant seems to be very healthy and trying to grow uh, fairly even. But should I cut back the longer arms to keep it more contained? If, if it's an older plant, and those are the azaleas, older azaleas will sometimes just send up one thing, and there's leaves at the top of it, and it's just basically a stick. You can cut that off at ground level. Don't go in and prune the part that you want to bloom next year because you'll be cutting off the flower buds as they're developing. But, yeah, you can take that harm down. <laughs> just take it all the way to the ground and let it go. The Azaleas are funny. Azaleas will try really hard to put on leaves even when there's just sticks. And sometimes they're successful at it. If we encourage them, we can usually help them recover. And in this case, it's recovering, but it's also still got those the big sticks that were do- allowing it to photosynthesize while it was trying to grow something in the middle. So you're, it's all right. 
that that won't be a big problem. Another good question on the Facebook group this week um, came from Alicia, who lives in Zone 8B over in Alabama. She wanted to know about planting flowers for fall. So that gives me the chance to tell you that we will plant flowers that we consider fall flowers now in July, and they are the summer annuals. First group of them, sunflowers, zinnias, celosia, amaranth, cleome. Okay, that's a good place to start. But in another six weeks, we will be doing fall flowers, cornflowers, and all those things that bloom later on in the year. So you've got two chances in July to get going for both of them. You can plant the summer annuals, and you can start again with the others. How about that? I bet you want us to hear some more about all this, and you should, because this is Weekend Gardening. pint of coffee ice cream with dark chocolate flavored chunks and a decadent coffee fudge swirl. It's the jolt you need to perk up your day. The good old days are being made right now. The good old days are being made right now. Look for Bluebell ice cream at your local grocer and pick up your favorite flavor today. Retired or retiring soon? How much money do you need to live comfortably? Retirement Planners of America is here for you. Would you like to have financial peace of mind? Here's how. Step one, find out the amount of money you'll need to retire. Step two, have a plan to get there. Step three, make sure that plan can take advantage of market gains but protect you from market losses. Discover how to do all three with a free consultation at 800-508-6108. That's 800-508-6108. All investments involve risk, including losses. Past performance does not guarantee future result what's holding you back from learning the language you've always wanted to know too hard takes too long not with Babbel. Babbel's lessons take just 15 minutes a day 15 minutes isn't long nope and they're fun so you don't realize you're learning a language but you are in three weeks you're able to start having conversations and Babbel's lessons are built around real life and with Babbel, it isn't hard. It's, it's perfect. perfect. Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Your home for Ole Miss sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. It's Alyssa Arbuckle and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The turnover rate for hospital CEOs in Mississippi has risen exponentially in 2023, with this year's rate expected to break the previous record of 27% in 2014. 
If you look at all CEOs, all American companies, let's start there so we get a baseline. If you look at the first five months of 23 compared to 22, it's up 54%, which is, is considerable. Tim Moore, president of the Mississippi Hospital Association, attributes the high rate to the current market. Our turnover rate, at least in Mississippi, is on track to be greater this year than it has been in the past. Um, now, if you look at 21 20 and 19, it was 16%, 16%, and 17%. Year to date, we're approximating the turnover at about 11% for the first six months. Okay. CEOs from Singing River Health System on the Gulf Coast and St. Dominic Memorial Hospital in Jackson resigned less than one month ago. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Are customers able to find you online? With the power of Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. We have one voice, the voice of agriculture. We have one job, growing the products you need every day. We have one mission, fighting for agriculture and rural Mississippi. We have you in mind, caring for your private property rights. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. Palmer Home for Children in Columbus, Mississippi has been assisting children in the foster care system for over a 100 years. President and CEO Drake Bassett says children are more vulnerable because they can't change their circumstances. When you're seven or eight years old, you can't navigate your way out of an environment like that. If it's drug infested or if there's trafficking or if there's prostitution or if there's if there is poverty, for instance, which drives people to do things that, you know, uh, create other complications. Super Talk Mississippi Media is having a 12-hour radiothon to help raise money for the home on Thursday, July 13th. That'll start at 6 a.m. Stay up to date with all the latest Mississippi news by signing up for our free newsletter at supertalk.fm forward slash newsletter. Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. As college baseball has come to a close to the final of the College World Series Championship going to LSU, the final collegiate baseball polls are out. And, in fact, in collegiate baseball, the Southern Miss Golden Eagles are at number 10. Southern Miss is at number 9 in the USA Today and the Division One baseball final polls of the season. Collegiate Baseball Poll has LSU at number one, Florida at number two, Wake Forest at number three, TCU at number four, Oral Roberts at number five, Tennessee at number six, Virginia at number seven, Sanford at number eight, Indiana State at number nine, Southern Miss Golden Eagles at number ten. Then it's Texas, Alabama at number twelve, Oregon, South Carolina is at number fourteen, Duke, Kentucky is at number sixteen, and then it's Clemson, Arkansas at number eighteen, Miami at number nineteen, Vanderbilt at number twenty, Coastal Carolina at at number 21. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Super Talk welcomes Guns N' Roses to the Mississippi Coast Coliseum in Biloxi on September 20th. And guess what? We got your chance to go for free. free, free. 
tickets to the concert, a luxurious hotel stay at Beau Rivage Resort and Casino, plus a stretch limo to get you to and from the show in style. It's Guns N' Roses Live. Complete details on how you can win. Coming soon from Super Talk Mississippi Media. Call toll free. Welcome back. We're talking to Bob and his wife about doghouse living. Well, it's okay. Our doghouse is a double wide and two stories at that. Wow. An alternative for today's high-priced homes. Really? Try having your feet hang out all winter. Yeah, it's challenging. Folks, stay out of the doghouse by calling 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. Today is July 1st, Saturday. That means, counting today, there are nine more Saturdays before the first college football game is played. And that will be on August the 26th when Hawaii travels to Nashville to take on the Vanderbilt Commodores. The first football Saturday on August 26th. The 2023 college football schedule is loaded with big games, most of them in the Southeastern Conference, a conference that is home to the last four football national champions. Strength of schedule is always a hot topic down the stretch, and Alabama will scare off with LSU and Tuscaloosa on November 4th, a rematch of last year's throw that gave the Tigers the upper hand the SEC West. Georgia will be looking to well, repeat again as champions. And then outside the conference, Florida will head to Utah in week one. Alabama will be hosting Texas in week two. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. With your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Well, baby, I got to tell you, if you didn't tune into the first hour of this program today, you missed a whole bunch of great stuff. So I encourage you to check out the rebroadcast, give a look to the on-demand at supertalk.fm and put me in your pocket. Or, you know, maybe it'll turn up on the podcast, depending on what they decide to edit for that. The good news is we've got a whole hour to go, so I'm glad you're here now. You know, one of the things that happens, there's always a question from the previous hour that that runs into this hour, so I hope John is still with us in Florence. I love this question. We've been talking about raking we were talking about blue spots on blueberry leaves, and when we prune them, making sure we rake all that away so we don't leave that as a place for the disease if there is a problem of a disease it's not just a temporary passing problem but it's a long-term one we don't want to give it a place to incubate in that case plus let's face it you need to put that stuff into some you know through the wood chipper or do something with it to turn it into something for later anyway you don't need to just leave it laying around so his question is when cutting my okra i also cut the branch have done this forever and let it fall into the row every couple of weeks i go back and till it into the soil should i not till it should i remove it it's fine it's working i think it's great and plus okra is the, the family that okra is in, of course, is the mallow family, and those things decompose very rapidly anyway. It's not going to be a nitrogen hog like we were talking about, the, the wooden products from the wood chipper. The, in a couple of weeks of being in there, walking in the rows and all that, that stuff's about half gone anyway. It certainly would be much like putting 
dry leaves into that particular space and you can always do that so that's fun well yeah. and then you get a, a, a you know to eat okra I, <laughs> by the I mean, way man I, mean, I like it any which way but loose but you know my favorite was my mamaw they were farmers and she would take it and they grew tons of okra and everything but she'd take it and cut it real thin and then put it in the cast iron skillet after mm-hmm. battering it and almost it was almost like fried fried yes with a it's almost okra fried fried it, it, yeah that's way. right i love that's it right. like that i don't know if anybody else out there oh yeah the real thin slice one is the one that you get the kids to eat because otherwise they won't eat the okra (laughs) that's how you get them started (laughs) now i like small two inch pods sliced long ways and 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 grilled that way give that a try it's really delicious do you season it with anything sure whatever's laying around around. a little oil a little butter maybe maybe a little little bit maybe a little bit the other thing of course about okra because it is in the hibiscus family it teaches us a whole lot about how to grow all of those other plants because frankly if you can grow okra you can also grow confederate roses and you can grow tropical hibiscus and you can grow disco bell perennial hibiscus i mean you know the whole family is is but it just about the same that doesn't sound like they would go together but they're in the same family yep you look at their flowers and their leaves they really do have a, a family resemblance kind of like your second cousin you know they're not they don't look just like you but they're they're very very close the other thing about growing okra is that that's something else you can plant right now if you didn't plant it yet or if your okra got knocked over in the rain or the whole field flooded or whatever happened, this is another time when you can begin planting okra for a fall crop. What is a good way to do that in, say, a smaller garden? Would you go in a planter's box or would you go with something like a large pot or bucket? Wash tub. Wash tub. That's a good size. Could you, and, you, and you need to get a variety that's only about four feet tall, which there's plenty of. Um, Cajun okra is a beautiful red okra that gets about that tall. There, there. If you have any space at all, if you've ever grown tall sunflowers, for example, um, there, there are some people who can do that next to their house on the south side or the west side. And there's really not much of a row. It's just enough row for sunflowers. You can grow okras in that set, that setting too. I love going through a neighborhood where it's real fancy houses, and I'll, I appreciate it because I'll be invited for something, and I get to drive by, and you go by one of the houses, and there'll be okra sticking out the side. <laughs> in the yard, and you know that that's the where you're supposed to go, so you pull in the driveway. That's who's been looking for you. Okay, John and Florence says uh, pickle it first, and then roll it in cornmeal flour and deep fry it. That's a pretty good idea. Pretty good idea. I'm still gonna. Well, and his wife, yeah, you know, she's the one that does the the sweet pickles yeah. and the grilled cheese and hamburgers. So, yeah, or, I mean, just this is stunning, yeah. stunning family yeah. food here. <laughs> we're we're into it. We're you know we like it. The other thing about it, of course, is that there's there's always somebody that doesn't eat it, and now we've we've gotten to the point now where we just say, well, more for us. And <laughs> I used to try to get people to eat okra. Don't worry about it. If they won't, that's okay. That's just more for the rest of us. Fun stuff. Oh, that's pretty. For years, this little rose only produces small blooms or blooms that are partly open. Otherwise, it's healthy. Maybe it's normal for this species. I wish that we knew the name of it because there are some roses that are small flowered species. They're usually miniature roses in name only. They've grown bigger, but that's where their their name came from was because they were originally a small rose. But it's also true that if... You have this much leaves and only a few roses. The fertilizer that you're using is probably got too much nitrogen in it for that rose. It's given it too much leaves and not enough of the elements that will make more flowers. 
if you aren't if you haven't pruned it in the way of selecting branches so that you don't have as many of them to grow, then you, you're not maximizing the amount of flowers that you could get. On the other hand, if it's covered up with cute little flowers like this, I don't really see a problem. I would like to have one that did that. But I would like to know what its name is because it might not be supposed to do that. We could help you fix it and help you get it growing in another direction. Really pretty, though. I love that color. That's a lovely shade of red. And I hope, but honestly, if it produces a whole lot of them, it could be one of the things that it's, they're called cup roses and they will go ahead ultimately before and shed their petals by dropping them all at one time. But, but that shape is actually something that's not undesirable, but it does look like the leaves are bountiful and it, it could be pruning, could be just as simple as that. Let's see now how to rid cypress knees from the neighbors that have cracked the driveway and are getting close to the foundation. Uh, uh, good luck. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, wow. That's an interesting one. Most of the time, the knees don't form in that dry of an environment. Yeah, I would. that's what I was thinking. Like, there must be some type of water There's or something moisture. Under yeah, there, something you know? going on there. There's something there. I don't, I don't, the answer is to take them out, but I don't, I don't really, I'm, I'm more curious about how they got there well, in the I'm, first I'm place. Like you, I would almost want to figure out how to get rid of the water, the water problem, yeah. and then maybe they would start drying up yeah. and be easy to remove. Yeah. But that's, it's interesting though. Hmm. It, and it's in, it's in Ridgeland. Hmm. Interesting. Looking at the, uh, that was back in 2020. We haven't heard from you since the, pandemic interestingly enough all right now let's see hey corinne the foliage of my container potatoes has sprouted and is about four inches tall will the leaves i've been composting since last fall be okay to pile around and cover the foliage no it can be the leaves that's fine and in fact that's better in the summer because as we all know it's a little hot to be producing potatoes so again we're trying to get a system going that is growing and can make potatoes when it can make potatoes so the leaves will be just fine for that. No problem. Interestingly enough, um, sometimes we, t- we read about plants and study them and have all of these ideas and give ourselves almost too much to think about. But I love this. I don't know anything about Utricularia gibba. It is a dwarf mutant it is it's, it's interesting it, it's a it's a, a dwarf mutant of an of a carnivorous plant that's the, the utricularias or what how i know that group but here's the thing the stems of this plant which floats you know we have some plants that float some plants that fall to the bottom some plants that cling to the side just different water treats different plants differently they the the stems are filled with air spaces and the hollowness that lets the plant float also means that the vascular column inside the stems doesn't always hold up like it should. You can imagine that if it's light enough to be able to hold air in it, that the tube itself that that is the nutrient siphon from the bottom of the plant to the top of the plant may not be working as it should be. And what they've learned is that that particular column treatment is actually different. And this is where, as they say in the headline, the clue is in the glue. If we did not have this particular obscure aquatic plant to explain it to us, we wouldn't understand how plants can grow without breaking under the stress of growth. 
If you've ever watched cells divide underneath a microscope, you have to have that moment when you go, I hope it's okay. You know, I hope this doesn't explode. Oh, they don't just, you know, send all their parts everywhere. And they don't. That's nature's glue. That's the same thing that they're talking about in this case in, in the plants. They saw that in the dwarf mutant, the, the central column of that vascular was actually wavy instead of straight. And that apparently gives it the strength that it needs. Further investigation, of course, told us a lot more about the plant than we necessarily needed to know. But it's real interesting that we can get down to that level and we can find the thing that causes that plant not to explode under what otherwise would be such tremendous pressure and that it, it just couldn't possibly work. That's interesting stuff. I saw something on that screen, Lance. We lost him. Did David have a question that, or he was kind of he was making a comment? Of, he said he wanted to add a twist to uh, what you were saying earlier about uh, you know growing a garden and how satisfying it is. He said, you know, I love I love gardening, but uh, and, and I love eating everything out of it. But I, I'll uh, I'll pay somebody to do the gardening for me. <laughs> he goes, I'll go get the stuff from Wiggins, and then I'll bring it down and let somebody else That's plant it. Funny. And I say, like, hey, man, as long as you're getting to enjoy the fruits of your the local, The more local, the better. That's right. That's for sure. There there are – one of the most successful garden writers says that that is, that is my trade by my profession. One of the most successful garden writers that I ever knew wrote a book called The $35 Tomato about what it takes to get that tomato plant you know, to actually grow. And at the same time, he was also telling you a whole lot about growing tomatoes, but he was also telling you a whole lot about why we do all this. And that's, we, we just, we have to figure that the, the $35 in the, in the long run is cheaper than $50 an hour therapy, which is what it was at the time. It's probably 150 now. I don't know. Anyway, fascinating stuff going on in the world of how come and if you've ever had a question, you probably have a little bit of a scientific mind if you want to know why something does this or why it doesn't do that. One of the things that we have always known, well, not always, but for years have known, is that in situations of low humidity, conditions where the humidity is low, plants put a priority on root growth. And the thought has always been, that that's because they'll, the water will there will be water down in the soil somewhere that they can get to either an actual water source or water that they can take from the other things that are in the soil, and therefore the roots are prioritized by the plant to grow because they have to get more water. I was thinking about this. The University of Cambridge has a new study out to let us know that they figured out how this works, and it's actually a molecular signal. The, the particular pathway is triggered when the leaves are exposed to low humidity. That is what ensures that the plant keeps trying to grow towards where the water logically should be, <laughs> underneath the driveway of the guy with the cypress knees. Anyway, um, now, all of that makes perfect sense to me. And then I was driving down the street, and I saw yet another 80-foot-tall tree with about 10 feet, maybe, probably not that much, of roots in the ball where the whole thing had just tipped up in the storm. You know, the the, the, the the wind knocked the tree and the whole thing just pops up. The reason our trees don't root any deeper has got to be because we don't have any low humidity. Our, our days of low humidity are numbered. And if I'm growing a tree and I'm encouraging it 
I'm not if I'm not encouraging it to have deep roots, it's not going to do that on its own because most days are plenty humid. We're fine up here. It's all good. So you have to water deeply. You have to water slowly and you have to water when that thing is a baby. Okay, so that we can develop some deep roots. And I really think someday somebody's going to put all that together and there'll be a Ph.D. and it won't be me. But well, it, you, you covered that in the newsletter as well, talking about humidity and what the roots want to do. He reads the newsletter. Y'all. Of course I do. I learn. <laughs> but, no, but really, it's it's a, a great piece. And I learned that, you know, this week reading the newsletter that humidity does affect the depth of roots mm-hmm. and, and where they actually want to grow. And it makes total sense when you go around and you see oak trees uh, or gums that are laying over in this ball of roots Nothing you go, how does that mm-hmm. hold up this mm-hmm. huge tree well it's because the humidity here doesn't allow the roots to go much deeper and so with these storms and winds and all this and the damp soil same and, yeah. same oak tree mm-hmm. out in the scrub in texas isn't nearly that big and it's not going to fall over in anything because it's so dry there that it has rooted Deeply, It's just really interesting to yeah, me that the total, plants total know sense. what to do, and at the same time, they haven't quite compensated for the high humidity here. We need we need somebody to teach them how to do that. Probably won't be us. Pat from, Pam, I'm sorry, from Sardis is uh, telling us about, oh, yeah, okra cooked on top of Mississippi pink eye purple hull peas. I'm, I'm with her. I'm, the, I'm with her. She's, uh, oh, these are beautiful. She has both perennial hibiscus and a tropical hibiscus. And the good news is that she's also got stargazer lily. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Really, really pretty stuff. And they're they're getting a, they might get a storm in Sardis. There is hope <laughs> for some of y'all. <laughs> I don't think it's going to get to me, but that's, I, I do love that particular perennial hibiscus. We think of the perennial hibiscus. This one's from her mother's garden. We think of them as having that gigantic. You know, flower bigger than your head, frisbee type uh, flowers, and those are beautiful. But this one's even prettier to me because there's more flowers, and it, it reminds me a little bit of the one that's called Luna, which is a red flower that's maybe six inches across at most, but mo- more of them are four to five inches. And this this is that same kind of shape plant. I like that. That's really pretty. Thank you for telling us about that. I was I mistook something. I gave the list of flowers to plant right now for fall bloom, and I left out French and African marigolds. If you want to cut, grow the African marigolds. If you want to put something different down on the edge of your flower bed, you know, going to be about six inches tall, or if you've got some vegetable garden that you want to add to, that's the place for the French marigolds. But the African marigolds are going to be two or three feet tall, and they are... If you like the smell of cleomines, if that's not too odiferous for you, then marigolds won't be a problem. They don't smell the same. But to me, they have about an equal amount of odiferousness. So look for the big, tall marigolds and add that to celosia, amaranth, and, of course, cleomine. By the way, in July of 2000, Supertalk and I officially celebrated our coming together, as it were. Happy anniversary to me. Good grief, I never did anything this long, except have kids. <laughs> Stick around, we got more to go on weekend gardening.
wake up your taste buds with Bluebell Java Jolt, a delicious pint of coffee ice cream with dark chocolate-flavored chunks and a decadent coffee fudge swirl. It's the jolt you need to perk up your day. The good old days are being made right Look for Bluebell ice cream at your local grocer and pick up your favorite flavor today. Pinnacle Motors, quality vehicles, affordable prices, and now edge sheds. 8x12 utilities to 16x40 cabins and garages available. Set to be wired, painted, and finished out if need be. Setup and delivery is free and financing is available. Your new go-to for edge sheds is Pinnacle Motors. Off Highway 471, the corner of Baker Lane and Vine Street in Brandon. Online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. That's PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Your next garage, utility, building, or cabin is at Pinnacle Motors. We'll see you soon. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code FREE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code FREE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code FREE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first Philip. Still waiting in lines and fighting the big crowds in Starkville and Oxford? The College Corner, where it's our job to make your Saturdays great. We have significantly increased our inventory, so there's even more to choose from. Come by, and our staff will have you in and out and on your way. Want to score at your next tailgate or home gate party? Then look for us online at collegecornerstore.com or come see us at our Ridgeland store and in Flowood. The College Corner, where it's our job to make your Saturdays great. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go, but I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me. One in ten young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there, providing hot meals, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. To learn more, go to safeplacetosleep.org today.
Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Some good questions coming in on the text line today, as usual. Thank you very much for that. Ellie in Florence has a ruby slippers hydrangea in a container, beautiful leaves, and she says there's a new shoot growing up from the root. I don't think she wondered if it's the same plant or if it's something different. I don't think that's a, a grafted plant. So I'm just going to let it grow for a little bit and see whether or not it actually turns out to be something different. It it could be lovely, you know, it could be an entirely different plant, or it, it looks a little bit different, but it doesn't look, it looks like it just may have gotten two seedlings stuck into the same pot. You know what I mean? This other one just looks a little bit more of the classic oak leaf. And it, what happens, of course, ruby slippers is one of those that, it, it, like so many things, was selected there was a traditional sized plant with a lovely color flower, but one in the group, you know, gave us a little bit, uh, say, smaller plant or bigger flower or whatever they decided to choose it for. That doesn't mean that it won't revert at some other point. So you may be having, uh, you may, but this may be just an old sprout coming off of ruby slippers, or it might be something different. I don't know the answer. We got another picture. Really pretty. I do love that plant. But I think you've got, I think it's the parent is what I'm guessing. I will let you handle whoever that is on the 601 because I don't know what the answer to that is. Um, yeah, Papa D says that they, they couldn't listen to the show because they were mowing grass while it was still only 89 there in Biloxi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those were the days in my childhood when my great aunt would say, we're not going to the beach this morning. (laughs) We're not not going to the beach yet. Yeah, the water is boiling. Yes. Yeah, I I had to go mess around with a uh, sprinkler system yesterday over close to the reservoir and beautiful house. And this was about 830 in the morning. And it took all of about 30 seconds for me to be soaked from head to toe with shorts (laughs) and and a T-shirt on. You know, so I I understand. I don't know if 830 is even early enough right now. Well, I I know um, this is the time of year when the the question comes, even for those of us who are accustomed to it and do it all the time, am I really going to roll this hose up? (laughs) Okay, get back to it. Roll the hose up. Then you go inside and you have to come back out and do it again because you have to water twice. Anyway, the joys of gardening. The joys of gardening. A lot of people at this time of year, you know, um, I, I heard someone say very intelligently that, we snack all the time. We, If I go into the garden and there's a ripe tomato, little cherry tomato, it's probably not going to make it into the house. If there's only one, I'm going to eat it. We do that. We snack. But he was saying that when he was a kid, there were no snacks between meals. So his mother's advice, if you were hungry between meals, was to go read a book. Hmm. Maybe we don't do that enough. University of Cambridge has a study to tell us that kids who begin reading people who begin reading for pleasure at an early age in childhood link their brains better we we have more connections in our brains and indeed um you have a stronger sense of yourself your mental well-being is more intact in adolescence if you have been a reader probably because you have the perspective of you know 5000 people or however many people you've read about in all that time you don't things don't seem as unique the notion um the notion that we are all unique is is an interesting one, but most of what we do and and how we live as humans 
you can kind of look around and see the trends. You know, we're not we're not we're not unique. That's a bad word for a human being. In fact, we don't actually need to be or want to be. That would imply that we had to invent everything ourselves, and we certainly don't have to do that. But they looked at data for more than ten thousand young adolescents to come to this conclusion. They found a strong link between reading for pleasure at an early age and the positive performance in adolescents, both on um, things where you would have had to have learned something, but also in the cognitive kinds of tests, the how, do, how well do you think tests. That's really good. That measures all sorts of other stuff, of course, and frankly is a good reason. I don't know. I know people say, well, there's no need for books anymore. We have screens and we have Internet and we have this. There's, there isn't anything quite, and I don't just not just because I've written twelve books do I say to you, there's something about putting that book in your hand, but especially when you're a kid, because it's a world that you can be in that nobody else is in right at that moment. And think about it, you know, kids are kids are not treated too too much as individuals to be encouraged to find their own way. Let's face it, you know, we we're always looking for. How, how are you going to fit in? Is that skirt too long? Is your hair too short? I mean, there's, we, we worry about all those things as kids, even if our parents don't. So the fact that we can lose ourselves into a book, and particularly maybe if it's 100 degrees outside, that's a really good day to do that. <laughs> Find yourself to a book. It's not a bad thing. I like the idea Debbie has written into the Facebook group, this is such a perennial problem. She planted the flower bed. She didn't put down landscape cloth. And now the grass is all coming up in between the plants. Yes, it is. And you can only do so much with mulch. And no, there's not an answer other than pulling the weeds. So I would say start early. Get out there, pull the weeds, put down some mulch right on top of them or some fabric right after you pull them out, landscape fabric, and then mulch on top of that. But that's really all you can do. There's, There's not... There is a product called Over the Top. It's not for this. It's a different, different, a different kind of Over the Top. I have not yet seen um, a tree in as bad a shape this year from crepe myrtle bark scale as last year. And I remember last year thinking that July was going to be the bane of everyone's existence. Only it got worse in August. So if your trees are beginning to have something that doesn't some sooty mold that doesn't look like it's on the leaves as a result of the crepe myrtle aphid. This is the time to begin really looking hard to see if you have bark scale. Treat for it. Get rid of the tree. Talk to your neighbor if that's where you see the problem. But this is it's 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 not as big yet. But I have a feeling we're just looking at the beginning of that particular problem's arc for this year. And why not? You know, it it takes hot weather but all that rain hurt it now it's dry and that's when really those bark scales can get going i have two or three questions for my garden one is are these tomatoes going to make it through july so they can begin bearing again i don't know if mine are going to or not the next question is how come i got one escalator zucchini have one escalator zucchini one you get it one the plant, the leaves, the two plants that came up did pretty well. Then they got a mold on them or something, but they it still managed to make one zucchini. That's not enough. 
So I'm going to take it down. I'm not going to let it have another chance. Mine so. is actually seemingly hitting its stride now, See? so I should keep my eyes peeled for something. Yeah, yeah. Eventually they'll be – because what they were doing, the plants were um, making all-male flowers, and now they've started making both. But I, I don't think mine's going to – mine got so heat-damaged – that I don't think it's going to make another round, but at least I'll have the one to throw into the you know the mix. So you have a zucchini squash? I have a zucchini. How big did it end up being? It's about four inches long okay. right now. Gotcha. I was hoping there would be another one so that there would be a pair and be worth picking them, but you know I don't know. Not everything works. The beans were great, by the way. Just finished them, and that's another thing. Of course, if you are tilling in, digging in, composting plant material and i hope you are don't get rid of the beans dig them right back into that same soil or into your compost heap or into the next thing you're planting if you're planting another bed first because they are so valuable they they are full of nitrogen they have trapped nitrogen in their leaves that's how legumes grow and that's part of the joy of it i have another text from someone that says how do you keep the okra from being slimy in the uh, <laughs> Mississippi silver skins? Well, it, it, it's not going to be slimy if you don't cook it in the peas. I'm not sure how our, our chef does it who was talking to us, but I steam them for a little bit separately and then throw them in with the peas, and then they're just soft. They're not slimy. Yes, I've had a lot of okra in my life. Yes, I once had... Two forty-foot rows of okra, mm-hmm. and the problem that year was that we had planted these because we were going to sell pickled okra. So that meant that you had to get out every morning and pick the okra before it got too long to fit in the jar. I'm telling you, that was a real because okra grows so fast. You'd have one one day that was too short, and the next day you're like, "Will it fit? I don't know." Is there but, any way to? And because I love okra, and I love you know. Um, all the different style peppers and things that you can grow, but is there any way you could grow a hot okra, you know, like a spiced okra, without having to pickle it and you know, all that? that? That is an existential question I know not the answer to. I know that you can grow a not hot jalapeno, which I don't really understand, but I get I get that people want that, but okay. But I don't know that we have a boosted okra. <laughs> Something to think about. We'll have to figure that one out. I don't know the answer to that. I have uh, been recommending the pinch on Claire Curtis and Joe Pye and all that. I went out this week and found exactly three branches that I could pinch because the rest of them are still so short. If this turns out that cold, cold weather keeps them from getting so tall and so lanky and spreading out all over the place and needing to be pinched, I don't know how I'm going to react to that because I know – I mean, they don't get as tall in St. Louis, for example. It's still a hardy mum, but it doesn't doesn't grow as tall. And I'm wondering if it's the cold weather that actually changes that dynamic. And if it is, do we have to then in the winter go out and put ice all over our (laughs) Clara Curtis mums? I don't know. I don't know. I have been working with one of my um, super fatty acids naturally product – weed control products and they're working great right now they take heat to go with it and they do burn down the gripe weed that you still have to go pull it out Um, but this is another plant that right now likes the weather so if you've ever had gripe weed you're going to have some more now 
get out, do something with it, disrupt its roots at least, get it out of the flower bed, get it out of the lawn. I took a picture this morning because there's a big old piece of gripe weed sprouting up through the coleus plants in the beautiful landscaping in front of the radio station. And I'm, I'm going to send it without, I'm not making, I'm not, because I'm telling you, I'm sure somebody was here looking at that flower bed not even a week ago. And this plant is a foot tall. <laughs> it's huge because that's what gripe weed will do. And then at that point, of course, it begins to bloom, puts on the seeds all, all the way underneath each of its pinnate leaves. And then you have more of it the next year. It is also called chamber bitter. And it has another, of course, a botanical name. But when you see it referred to, we are all talking about the little plant that looks like you wish it would be related to mimosas. It's not. Okay, it is not. I thought this was funny. I don't know. I don't even know why I thought this was so funny. I have never lived near a wind farm. I have lived in places that were dark and silent dead-end street in front of a levee. I have lived in places that were noisy, um, 24-hour bus traffic, uh, trolley traffic, all that sort of stuff, things that would light up your house, you know, when they came around the corner, that kind of thing. I've literally learned to sleep in all of those things. I had no idea that this was an issue, but for people, it is an issue. Wind farm noise. Wind farm noise. Okay? I know that wind farms are controversial in a lot, in many ways. There's a lot of advantages to producing wind that, producing energy that way. And there's also some, some downsides to it. For example, until recently, we were not able to do anything with the propellers once they wore out. Now we've got a, a system for doing something about that. But, interestingly enough, the sleep researchers at Flinders University decided that they wanted to know because Australians want to know everything. We got to measure it. We got to measure the wind farm noise and the traffic noise. Okay? Road, just road traffic. And what they found was that, in fact, both things will wake some people up, but neither one of them wakes people up more than the other. There had been a move to prevent wind farms from being near any civilization in, in Australia because of the wind, because of the noise. And what they wanted to understand a little better was, how does that really work? You know? <laughs> and it turns out the wind farm doesn't make any more noise to your sleeping head than does the road outside. I've always prided myself on being able to fall asleep just about anywhere, but I'm not sure about, I'm not sure. I'd have to think about wind farms, because it is a different kind of noise. I don't think it bother me. I'm glad, though, that you're here because this is Weekend Gardening. Welcome to Doghouse Living. 
Our guest is Bob and his wife, Jenny, who started this craze. Well, you know, while digging, I hit a gas line and blew up our house. Well, Bob, I am just blown away. No pun intended, of course. Why wouldn't you just call 811? So, the takeaway, folks, to stay out of the doghouse, call 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. We are the people, Mississippians. We are the land, growing food, fiber, and timber. We are there when you need us, from the roof over your head to the food on your table. We are small town, but big moments, your next door neighbors. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation. 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. Here at the Almond Joy Factory, where tropical vibes abound, we use soft, fresh-tasting coconut. The crunchiest almonds and delicious chocolate candy. Ah, but do you know what our most important ingredient is? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts and something even way better than that. Yes, Almond Joy is made with almonds and Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. I noticed mom hasn't been herself lately. She's been forgetful and not remembering to take her medicine. After visiting the orchard, I knew it was perfect. The orchard is Mississippi's premier continuing care retirement community, licensed in Alzheimer's and dementia care for men and women. I know she's in good hands. It's safe, convenient, and most importantly, it feels like home. For that extra peace of mind, call the orchard today for a tour. 601-856-2205 or go to Orchard retirement.com. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code FREE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code FREE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code FREE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. Speaking to all men, if you're a stickler about your ride or your car looking just right, then why don't you take better care of yourself? Man Up MD is a concierge medical clinic, tailor-made for men of all ages. We offer convenient same-day appointments with personalized primary care and treatment plans designed for you to reclaim your energy and performance. Man Up MD can have you tuned up and ready for rocking down the highway. Check us out online at menshealthms.com.
have a world of them. (laughs) We have names for things in the catalog of my music that do not make any sense to anyone. (laughs) And then you're like, no, yeah, now I remember that. You know, here That that makes me want to move to the Caribbean and open up a little bungalow bar and do a cocktail (laughs) Tom Cruise rendition. Exactly, exactly. Perfect. You know what? We've been talking a little bit about sleep today. I continue to feel like the octopus has gotten a bad rap in our world. Um, it's not just lunch, and and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I, I really do. Now the Okinawa Institute of Science and Technology Graduate University has begun studying the brain activity and the skin patterning in sleeping octopuses. Yes, that is the right word. And what they have found is that they're a lot like us. They have REM sleep. They have waking periods. They have the same kind of cycles that we have. And when you think about it, if you got eight brains, my goodness, that's a lot to organize while you're asleep. So they also have the thing that some of us have, which are the active sleep versus the sleeping sleep. But they do it at the same time. Wow. I'm, I, I don't even, I, there's just, you know, incredible. Long time, only vertebrates were known to cycle between the two different sleep stages, back and forth and back and forth, and the octopus does it as well. This is a very, this is compensatory behavior, of course. Otherwise, we would go to sleep and stay asleep. <laughs> would not be good. So that's, that's the reason that humans do it, and presumably that's the reason why the octopus does it, too. Speaking of interesting things in the world this week, good grief. I, I, I don't have a whole lot to say bad about Clemson. I, as a university, the most beautiful hosta collection I've ever seen, some of the most gorgeous horticulture. I, I still show pictures from my tours there because there's so many wonderful things. But they have now named, discovered, figured out, Something pretty interesting. It's a Nemeritian worm, which was discovered by a marine biologist five years ago that affects negatively the reproduction of our friends, the Caribbean spiny lobsters. We're still trying to get to the Caribbean today, y'all. The critical species, of course, in both the Gulf and in the Caribbean Sea. So here's the deal. They had to name it because they've never seen it before. Well, guess what? It's long-bodied, it's pale, and it has a slight tint of orange. No, don't go there. This one is named Carcinia meritis Conan O'Brieni. Do you like that? I like that. I'm so happy. He needed that. (laughs) We love orange. Now we want pictures of this on a shirt, you know. Anyway, count on Clemson to do something fun. This is publishing and naming and all this in BMC Zoology. It is um, likely a contributor to the problem that we're having with spiny lobsters in that part of the world. So we'll have to talk to Conan about it. you got to admit that's fun. Do, do, do hummingbirds drink alcohol? We all know about possum haw trees. The fruit will ferment, and the birds that, that are the winter feeders We'll leave that all the way to the end of the season because, yes, they hang upside down and, and consume the berries and then they fall off the tree. We've, I have actually seen it myself, and you can look up the videos if you would like to. But what about hummingbirds? 
The fermenting yeast is apparently very attractive to some of them. You may not realize it, but that sugar water is turning into alcohol faster than you thought. That's why we want you to clean your feeder every week. (laughs) But especially in hot, hot, hot weather like this, I have seen the hummingbirds. I don't have the feeder up. It's too hot. The hummingbirds in in my garden have been attacking the flocks. They've been attacking any number of other things. They're they're getting all that they need. But the University of California Berkeley biologists are are saying, well, now, wait a minute. Are they attracted to it or are they repelled by alcohol? And hummingbirds are eating 80% of their body mass in a day. You always have to remember that. Most of it is water. The remainder is sugar. But if there are even very low concentrations of ethanol in there from the yeast development and whatnot in the nectar, it's still going to have a huge impact. Maybe the feeders were not actually only farming hummingbirds. We're setting up the bar for them. And it's not even in the Caribbean. It's in your backyard. So think about it now. It's, they're not, they only appear to be moderate tipplers. We've learned because they went ahead and started happily sipping up the the sugar water up to 1% alcohol by volume. But when it gets up to 2%, they don't drink as much. So they are naturally moderate drinkers. Now, come on. You got this. Look, there's a reason why. There's a reason why. My anthropology professor had the, the best story he told the whole year, and God bless him, it was the best story he told, was of his t- years in the Central American jungle camping out and discovering that extra bananas were put into a log for six months because it made such an intense alcohol drink, and it's called banana beer. <laughs> he told the story much more colorfully than I can tell you about it on the, in this particular environment, but it, it was the idea that Everything does eventually turn have an alcohol state if it's an organic matter. And there's often a lot of opportunities for people and critters in some cases to get interested in that. Interestingly enough, usually we have to recognize that it's not just because we, we didn't addict them to alcohol by setting up the feeders. There is actual natural fermentation in some things that make that make nectar. And it is a, ba- a matter of choice on the part of the hummingbirds whether or not they have that. I think that's funny. This is also, by the way, the guy who studied this is the guy, if you've ever read The the Drunken Monkey, While We Drink and Abuse Alcohol, it's a really interesting book. I've not read the whole book, but I've read pieces of his evidence, and that it is, in fact, an evolutionary adaptation that improves survival among primates, just like most things, right up until it goes stupid. Okay, so that that's I'm I'm not giving you his whole book, but I'm telling you the premise of it because that's exactly the premise of most things. If I told you that you should garden every day of your life, regardless sunshine, your health, your what else you had to do, that would not be right either. Okay, we got we all have to realize that everything has a balance, and in this case, I have no idea what this text means. <laughs> should I find out or not? I don't think I'm going to find out. <laughs> Thank you, Marshall. I hope that was your friend request I just accepted on Facebook. I'm working on redoing some of my uh, social media. I, I have become one who can boost things, and there's a lot of people looking at my stuff, it turns out. I'm very surprised. That's, you know, you know I have a team that t- makes me do these things, but that's good. 
they don't want me to move into their backyard quite yet. So <laughs> they have me working a little harder. And I like that. That's fun. But the social media business, I'm still on Instagram. I'm still on Facebook. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be a TikToker, but there might be some other opportunities down the way. And certainly if you are willing to be part of my world on Patreon, you get to see videos that other folks don't get to see. And um, some of them are funny. Some of them, some of them are not. Some of them are just straightforward horticulture, but some of them are pretty funny. I really am tickled that Betty asked about Nell's Garden in Etsy. She was kind enough to put in an order. I hope you will, too. I don't know what you're doing for the 4th of July for Independence Day, but I hope you'll raise the flag and have a wonderful time. Tell your kids why it's important. Maybe break out a civics book. You never know. It won't it won't put you to sleep, but it'd be good for your kids to know a little more about it. And come back here next week. We'll be celebrating my birthday right here on Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. your taste buds with Bluebell Java Jolt, a delicious pint of coffee ice cream with dark chocolate flavored chunks and a decadent coffee fudge swirl. It's the jolt you need to perk up your day. The good old days are being made right Look for Bluebell ice cream at your local grocer and pick up your favorite flavor today. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Attorney Joe Cordell. Business owners and professionals face special challenges in divorce court. In addition to everything else going on, they have to contend with allegations that they are earning more than they are, coupled with claims on their business or practice itself. Clients with assets depend on their divorce lawyer skills in these matters, and that's why it's so important to hire someone that has those skills. Online at CordellCordell.com. Office in Richland, Mississippi. Free background information available upon request. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.